0: Hallelujah. Come on, church. Praise God tonight. Come on, it's Good Friday. Do you believe that God is good? Come on, has God been good to anybody here today? Come on, anybody? Anybody? God been good to you? Amen. God is good. Amen. All the time. Man, y'all come to church on Friday. Come to church on Friday. That's awesome. I know y'all are going to be here on Sunday as well, double dipping. Tonight I've got a message for you on why Good Friday, why the worst Friday in history is called Good Friday. And then tomorrow night and on Sunday morning, i got a message called The King is Still here, Come on, the King is still here, amen. So y'all are welcome to Double Dip. Y'all are welcome to Double Dip. You can come in tonight, you can come back tomorrow or Sunday or both or whatever, but there's five services this weekend. But this sermon is for tonight. <clears throat> and, um, and I'm telling you, only God, only God can make that Friday good Friday. Amen. Only God can do that. If you're new, thanks for coming and joining us tonight. This is our second service tonight. This The, the first one at 5.30 was amazing, and um, I know that God's going to minister to you today, so glad you were here. I know you're going to be glad that you were here. Uh, we've got a bunch of fluorescent yellow people out in the lobby, and they're going to give you a gift on your way out. That is, if you're new, To Eternity Church. I want you to flag down one of those fluoro yellow folks, ask them for your gift. Um, You can also, um, there's a stand out by the door there and some of those yellow people will be there as well. And uh, we just want to say thanks for coming to church today. And so we've got a gift for you. I want to remind you our service times on Saturday and Sunday, our regular services every week, including this week, uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday. 8.30 8:30 a.m. on Sunday, and also 10:30 a.m. on Sunday, we have services in Audubon at 10:30. We also have a serv have our launch of our All Wine Campus at 10:30 on Sunday morning. And we got baptisms next week. That's gonna be awesome. We have had. Um, Oh hundreds of people give their lives to Christ since our last baptism service about three or four months ago. and So I know this is going to be an amazing service next week for baptisms. Make sure you come to that. I'm only going to preach for about five minutes because I got a feeling a lot of people are going to get baptized. You can register for that online at myEternity. I wanna get baptized at Eternity Church this weekend or nextweekend.com. Um I don't actually know where to register for that, but it's myeternity.com. Uh, myEternity. All right? Click the links. But even if you don't register or can't register, you don't have to at Eternity Church. You can just turn up, hear the message, and feel like God's speaking to you about getting baptized. And um, we will baptize you right there. We got a shirt for you. We got shorts for you. We got a towel for you. We put chlorine in the tub to make sure the person before you don't leave nothing there for you. And so none of their sin gets left over to stick on you. And so... We got it all sorted out at Eternity Church. So come along next weekend. And so I'm <clears throat> looking forward to that. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 27, verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani," that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once, ran, took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out in a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. I want to pray for you today before I preach in this Good Friday service. Would you lift up your hands? Heavenly Father, thank you for making your worst day our best day. Thank you for making mankind's worst day actually the best day. Thank you for making your suffering our healing. Thank you for making your pain our power. Thank you for making your son's death our path to life and life abundantly. You truly are a wonderful God, a benevolent God, a mighty God, a compassionate God. Thank you for all that you did before any of us were born. For all that you've done before we even gave you our lives. For all that you've done since we've been born again. And for all that you still have planned in our lives. Help us to say yes to your plans and to your ways and to have faith that even in our darkest days and our darkest moments that you still have the power to do good in us and through us. God, I pray that tonight you would minister to us, encourage us on this bittersweet Friday, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, someone say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Come on, high five one of your neighbors. You may take your seats. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm ready to preach. But I want to tell you where my sermon came from. Um, The idea for today's sermon actually came from a conversation that I had with my third-born, uh, he's my third son, Charlie. And uh, yesterday, I still hadn't come up with a title for the sermon, and I had thought about calling it uh, "So Bad, But Oh So Good." Um, his curse became your blessing, or his plan, your victory, or his pain. His pain was part of your plan, or when it looks bad, have another look. You know, um, I was trying to come up with a title for the message and I just couldn't get there and so yesterday again I was um, chatting with uh, Charlie, um, my son, over pancakes uh, before school and uh, I told him I hadn't yet put a title to our message yet and he said, Dad, you should just call it Bittersweet Friday and, uh, and then he said, but you got to make sure that you explain what that means for everybody And I was like, "Uh, duh, that's my job. It's like this kid thought that every week I get up, give you some title and then walk away and don't tell you what any of it even means. Like, I don't know, maybe he's been to a couple of messages and he's like, dad, we walk away and we never know why you called it that. Why did you call it Jesus is our healer? And then not tell us about that. But uh, but anyway, so for the next um, about 25 minutes, I'm going to endeavor to make Charlie proud, by telling you why we called this sermon Bittersweet Friday. Sound good? Uh, if you're wondering when I say bittersweet, um, that's um, a bitter sweet <laughs> Friday, all right? So I'm gonna tell you about how the worst day ever became known as Good Friday, okay? <clears throat> but let me tell you a story first. Uh, hands up if you've gathered that my family's weird. Give me a wave if you've gathered that, listen to a few sermons, watch this on Instagram, right? Well, it's not just Lauren and I and the kids, okay? It's also the family with which I was brought into the world is also just a little, little bit different. And uh, so I want to tell you a story about my cousin Michael. A few years ago, my cousin Michael, someone say cousin Michael, all right? A few years ago, my cousin Michael um, <clears throat> met an alien who came to visit Earth, all right? Um, now, the alien, he came from a planet hundreds of thousands of light years away, when he got here, obviously he was exhausted. He went and had a nap. Apparently, he only needed three hours. It was a short nap, but apparently, aliens' biology is different than ours, evidently. And uh, he, he gets up from the nap after just a couple of hours. And he gets up and he is grinning. He is, he is excited. He is just over the moon. He's like, I can't believe that I finally got to come to earth. And he starts asking cousin Michael, you know, what's happened since last time we were here? And Michael's like, wait, what, y'all have been here before? He's like, well, yeah, not me, but, you know, my people have been to earth before. Um, And Michael's like, seriously, when was that? And the alien was like, well, you've heard of the pyramids, right? And Michael's like, duh. And he goes, yeah, well, we helped you guys build those things. And Michael was like, I knew it. (laughs) I knew aliens had to be involved in building the pyramids. And, uh, and and the guy was like, yeah, but what's happened since the pyramids? And Michael <clears throat> starts telling him about all the advancements in technology that we've had. He's like, well, you know, and this was back when the iPhone 5 came out. You know, the iPhone 4 was like stumpy, but the 5 was like stretched like a lightsaber. Remember that? And, um, and so Michael's like, well, we got iPhones. And the alien's like, oh, what's that? He's like, well, they're these like long and skinny. They used to be like really little and crap, but now they're like long. And, and like, you know, th- one day they'll be this long. And And the guy's like, oh, yeah, well, that's nothing, man. Just wait till it's in the air and you just touch it and then you you end up on earth, you know? And uh, Michael, and then the guy's like, well, what else? And Michael's like, well, there's been a few world wars, so that wasn't very good. A lot of people died. There's been some. Terrible things happen here on Earth as well, and uh, and and then after a little while, uh, Michael says to the alien, "Look, look, bro, we we can chat later, uh, but you've actually caught me at a bad time. Um, I've, uh, it's Christmas, and, and I'm the pastor, so I got to go to church and preach a message." And alien's like, "Wait, what did you call the service?" And Michael's like, "I called it Christmas." The alien's like, "Christmas." Michael's like, "Yeah, yeah, Christmas. It's the, it's when we celebrate the day that Jesus." came to earth. Jesus Christ came to earth. And the alien is just pumped. He's like, wait, what? Jesus came to earth? Michael's like, yeah, he came here. And the alien's like, no, 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 hold up. You mean like the alpha and the omega? Michael's like, yeah, the alpha and omega. He's like, the first and the last, the beginning and the end came to earth? Michael's like, yeah, he sure did. He's like, look, hold up. You mean... The creator of the heavens and the earth and all the, and our planet too. The creator of all the universe came to earth. And I don't mean to keep annoying you with questions, but I'm just blown away. He's never been to our planet. He came to earth? Michael's like, yeah. You mean the Messiah, the Son of God, Yahweh, like Jesus Christ, the Word who was God and was with God and is God, came to earth? You guys are so lucky. Michael's like, that's the one. He came to earth, and the alien was like blown away. He's like, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. He's like, what did you all do? You must have rolled out the red carpet. That must have been an amazing time to be on earth. It must have been a huge celebration. That must have been the best worship event in history. You've got to tell me, what did you do? And Michael, a little bit embarrassed now, Michael goes, oh, um, actually, we killed him. And actually, well, we call that day Good Friday. Don't worry, I don't believe in aliens. (laughs) Some of y'all are already wondering, can you even tell that joke in church? Evidently, we're still alive. Um, But listen, I'm not saying, I I, I don't believe in aliens. Look, maybe they're there, probably not. You know, I have no idea, all right? But I'm going with no, All right. But here's the thing. Has there ever been a more tragic event than this, that God came to earth to make a way for our salvation and we killed him? Like, it's just a joke, but it illustrates how tragic that day's events were. It illustrates how bad we became as mankind, that God who created the heavens and the earth, that the God who created the universe comes to earth and our response is, let's kill him. Mind you, it does also illustrate how amazing God is and how humble God is, that God's like, you know what? I'm gonna let them kill me. Like that's phenomenal, isn't it? God is good. But listen to me, no incident has ever been more tragic than that day. No future event will ever match it. No surprise attack, no political persecution, no assassination, no financial collapse, no military invasion, no atomic detonation, no nuclear warfare or act of terrorism, No large-scale famine or disease, not even slave trading, ethnic cleansing, or even decades-long warring can eclipse the darkness of what happened the day that mankind killed their God. Jesus came to earth as a man, and he was persecuted by his government, betrayed by his friend, denied by a follower, jeered by the crowd that he came to save, handed over to be killed by the one person with the power to stop it. He was beaten on a cross, stabbed, whipped, beaten and starved, and it culminates in his death. And that's the day you call Good Friday. Come on now. Why do we call it Good Friday? <clears throat> like I know growing up, you're like, Good Friday, Silent Saturday, Resurrection Sunday. And everybody's like, yay. And then at some point in your brain, you're like, wait, why do we call that Good Friday? Good Friday. Like the day we killed God? Like if there really were aliens, they'd be like, you did what? The day he came to save you? See, why do we call it Good Friday? It's because what the devil intended for harm, God intended for good. Amen? What the devil thought would always be known as Evil Friday, what the devil thought that in hell they would be celebrating as V-Day, Victory Day, was in fact a very good day for mankind everyone meant it for evil. On that day, everyone involved did evil. Everybody meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The Jewish leaders meant it for evil. The Jewish leaders were getting jealous that Jesus' renown was starting to eclipse their own, and in their pride and in their desperate need to feel like they are our saviors. They plotted against Jesus, first by trying to prove him false in front of the people, by twisting his words and repeatedly trying to trap him in uncomfortable conversations and try and take away his renown and fame in front of the people. But then their plans shifted from just trying to trap him and ruining his influence to let's just kill him and send a message to his followers that that ain't the way. Little did they know that what they intended for harm and what they intended for evil would actually be the catalyst that provides the opportunity for the greatest display of God's love and God's power to save. Can I get an amen? (coughs) What God means, sorry, what the devil meant for harm, God will use for good, amen? Judas meant it for evil. Matthew 26 says in verse 14, then one of the 12, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chiefs. To the chief priests and said, "Uh, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray Jesus. Listen, it says here that that Judas said, what will you give me to betray him? Last week I preached a sermon that was titled, The Hidden Debt. See, every single gift that comes from the king of Sodom, that would be every single gift that comes outside the will of God that comes from the devil comes with a debt that must be paid. And Judas discovered this as he received the gift that came from Sodom. He discovered very, very shortly, just a few hours later, that there was a debt that came with that gift. Here's the crazy thing, Jesus knew that Matthew 26 verse 14 and 15 would eventually come into his life and that Judas would be the one who would betray him, but still he chose to have Judas as one of his disciples. Listen, you don't need to be so scared to have somebody near you or in your life that might betray you one day. Come on now, right? If there's a lesson that we can learn from that, it's that anybody can come and go into our lives, but God's plans will remain the same. Can I get an amen? Jesus wasn't scared, and you don't need to be either. But here's the thing. There's nothing that a man can do to stop the will of God in your life. In fact, listen to me. If God allows something to happen, then that something that happened is a thing that God has a plan to redeem and force it to do something good in your life. I'm not saying that God gives you some hardships or trials. I'm not saying that God's going to come and bring pain into your life. But if God's allowed it, God's got a plan to use it to do something good for you. Amen? If God allowed somebody to betray you, that betrayal that they meant for harm, God will use for good. Can I get an amen? Jesus' own government, who's supposed to protect him, had colluded against him to silence him. And then his own friend betrayed him and set him up to be killed. The Jewish leaders meant it for evil. Judas meant it for evil. Pilate meant it for evil. Pilate was the highest ranked Roman official in the land and he was the one who had the ultimate power to stop this injustice. Both Luke and John record the fact that Pilate knew Jesus was in fact not guilty and that Pilate recognized that the Jewish leaders had evil intent in their heart driven by jealousy and hatred and yet knowing that the man was innocent and knowing that, and knowing that supporting the wishes of the Jewish leaders would then condemn Jesus to death, his fear of people's opinions and the fear of losing his own popularity caused him to wash his hands of the situation. Pilate's role in the death of Jesus was no doubt more reactionary than the Jewish leaders who intentionally planned and conspired to kill Jesus, but in washing his hands and remaining silent about the evil that he saw unfolding, Pilate's uh, facilitation of the act was actually a participation in the act, and he joined them in their wickedness by creating space for it. That's the same today as believers when, we, when we're when we silent about things that are wicked, come on now, and we're like, well, we don't need to speak up about this. We want to be comfortable. We don't want to lose popularity. We don't want the world to have a sort of problem with us, and we wash our hands of the things going on in the world, and we act like Pilate, and our silence, our facilitation has become participation. There is so many times in scripture where you are punished because you did something wrong. Come on now. Now, what about Moses and Aaron? Do you know the story? Moses and Aaron. Moses did something he wasn't meant to do. He struck the rock. He wasn't meant to strike the rock. And and for some reason, both he and Aaron get punished. Why did Aaron get punished? Well, Well, the first time Moses struck the rock, I imagine, was a surprise to Aaron. And Aaron's like, whoa, that ain't what God said. But the second time and the third time, Aaron didn't do anything to stop Moses going against God's will. And Aaron got punished for it, too. Facilitation is participation. Can someone say a shy amen? (laughs) A shy, can someone say a bold amen? (laughs) Come on now. So, so far, what have we got? We've got that uh, the Jewish leaders meant it for evil. Um, Judas meant it for evil. Pilate meant it for evil. The people meant it for evil. The people were not innocent that day either. Everybody meant to do evil. The people uh, cheered to release the murderer instead of the healer. They cheered to release the guilty instead of the innocent. They chose to release evil instead of goodness and purity on earth. It was a bad day. Even the disciples messed up. Jesus' own disciples fell asleep instead of watching out and praying. His own leaders conspired against him. His best friend betrayed him. Another friend denied even knowing who he was. His people that he came to save jeered and cheered for his death and the ultimate authority in the land, washed his hands of the evil, and then we killed God. And yet, God used it all for good. It's kind of like Joseph in Genesis chapter 50. When talking to his brothers, Joseph said... What you meant for evil against me, God meant for good, so that many people should be kept alive. So do not fear. I will provide for you and for your little ones. And then he comforted them. Well, Joseph's story in the Old Testament is called a type of Christ. This doesn't mean that Joseph was the Christ, but that his life and his story were prophetic in nature, and that through his message in the Old Testament, we see the nature and character of Jesus Christ displayed through him. In that case, Joseph's brothers beat him and sold him into slavery, and, and, accused, uh, uh, and after being sold into slavery, he was accused of things he didn't do. He was jailed, and he was beaten, but in the end, it all worked out for good. And after all of that, Joseph had the wherewithal to stand up in front of his brothers and say, what you meant for harm, God intended to do good. You know, it even worked out for the good of those who did the beating and the accusing and the selling. He explains that if those very brothers had not done what they did, Joseph wouldn't have been able to bless all of Egypt with food and with provision, and he wouldn't have been able to bless his own treacherous family with food and provision too. If you're new and you don't know the story, it goes a little bit like this. One day, Joseph's brothers, they, they, um, they, they didn't like the way that their dad favored him, and so they conspired against him, and then they beat him, and they threw him in a, in a pit, and they were like, you know what, let's kill him, and all, like 11 of them are like, yeah, let's kill him, and one guy's like, you know what, he is our brother. Maybe we shouldn't kill him, you know, like, like thank God for that brother. Anybody else, right? Like anyone got one of those brothers who's like everyone else in your family wants to murder you, but at least there's one that doesn't want to, right? Like you think your family's got problems? He had only one brother that didn't want to kill him, right? And so anyway, they don't kill him, but instead they come up with a wonderful idea. And they're like, let's sell him into slavery. So they sell him into slavery. That unlocks a chain of events that then sends him into jail. In jail, he into servitude and then jail. In jail, he meets somebody that that basically introduces him to the to, to Pharaoh, to the king of the land, and and then and and because of that interaction, Joseph is able to to talk to Pharaoh about what a dream he had meant and what the dream allowed Joseph to do was to prepare Egypt for a coming famine. So then what they did was they started putting food and grain and, and all the stuff aside for a while so they could so that they would be well prepared for the coming famine. Then the famine comes along and all the neighboring countries are all starving, but Egypt is prospering because, uh, because Joseph was sold into slavery. Then Joseph's own treacherous family that sold him and beat him and then conspired to kill him find out that there's food in Egypt. And so they come to Egypt and there they are standing in front of Joseph. And Joseph says, hey, do not fear what you meant for harm, God meant for good. If you hadn't done that to me, this whole land would have starved and would have starved and died and so would you. Isn't it amazing how God uses the worst days to do some of the best things in our lives? Isn't it amazing how those brothers' sin actually paved the way for their victory? Oh, come on now. That, that, that's crazy now to think about that, isn't it, right? Now, I'm not saying you ought to sin planning that God's going to use it to do something good. I'm saying that if you've sinned, you can repent and submit your life to Christ, and he will do something good through everything that has happened in your life. Can someone say a shy amen? <clears throat> God uses the worst days to do some of the best things in our life. Perhaps you've suffered the betrayal and the treachery of a friend like Judas, someone left you? Are you here tonight sad because your husband left, your wife left, parents have abandoned you, or kids have abandoned you? Have you come here feeling alone and abandoned? I want to tell you that what they meant for harm, God will use for good. Come on, what they meant for harm, God will use for good. Come on now, I know that on... Good Friday, it's almost entirely Christians that come to church, all right, which means y'all know this, and y'all need to amen this. I'm here to remind you that what they meant for harm, God meant for good. Someone say amen. Come on, we're the believers in the room tonight. I know there's probably one to 10 people in here who are going to give their lives to Christ at the end of the night, but most y'all already believe this, and I'm here to remind you, Amen. Betrayal can't stand against the plans of God for your life. If my God is for me, then who the heck can be against me? Amen. Stay the course. Stay humble. Forgive. Submit yourself to God and watch him make it work out for your benefit. Amen. Perhaps you've suffered the jeering of the crowd. Are you exhausted, tired of swimming against the grain? Tired of being what feels like the only one with some not so common common sense anymore anyone feel like we ought to rename common sense just sense anybody else right like I look around the world and I'm like common sense it ain't common maybe we could call it traditional sense or that, that, that feelings we used to have in the past you know just sense maybe you know but definitely not common sense anybody else <clears throat> has the mob come after you has the world tried to cancel you is the crowd trying to kill you Maybe you've messed up. Maybe it's because of what happened to you. But maybe it's because of what happened through you. Maybe you did something wrong and the world now wants to cancel you. We say at Eternity Church, we don't cancel repentant brothers and sisters. If in someone's heart they want to honor God, get back in here. We want to elevate you. We want to help you. We want to restore you. Someone say amen. Don't give up if you feel like you're suffering at the jeering of the crowd. Stay the course. What the people mean for harm, God will use for good, amen? I can prove that with my own story. My own story, the world hates me. And when I say the world hates me, I mean a lot of people in the world hate me, like lots of them, all right? And um, Jesus loves me, by the way, by the way, even if the social media people don't love me so much, but Jesus still loves me. But many in the world are starting to find salvation because ever, cause, cause so many other people hate me. And that's been interesting to watch. See, every now and again, someone will like, take one of my social media posts or something and share it to tell the world, look at this bigot. And someone else will see it and be like, you know, it makes a little bit of sense, though. Then they come to church and they find their faith come back alive again. You know, I've even had people, I know of people, who have been at church tonight right, that got saved because somebody hated me, shared about it, and they were like, I'm going to go check that out, and then they gave their lives to Christ at church. Why? Because what the devil meant for harm, come on, what the devil meant for harm, God meant for? Good. good. Say it again. What the devil meant for harm, God meant for? Good. Good. Amen. So come at me, crowd, because what the crowd means for harm. God intends to use for good. Hey, last one. I know I'm not going to get political or nothing like that. That's not what Good Friday's for, but I'm going to talk to you for a moment. Listen to me. Lastly, perhaps like Jesus and Pilate, perhaps you're feeling disillusioned with the evil going on in our government. Well, just like God used Pilate's evil motives for the good of the world, listen to me. Right now, God is still in control. Come on now, God is still in control and, and he will use our government's evil to do good for the kingdom of God. Well, why are people so scared? Oh my gosh, I, do you know what I hate seeing online? People being like, oh, it's the decline of Western civilization. Oh, it's the end of America as we know it. And I'm like, why so sad? God is still in control. God is still good. Do you really believe that the government because we're in Iowa, can stand against God? Do you really believe that the government's plans are bigger than God's? Do you believe that Biden or that Trump or that DeSantis or that Bush or that Clinton or that Obama can stand against the will of God? The government can't stand against God. Come on now. Christians ought not be like, oh, it's the end, of blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, Jesus is alive. Come on, somebody feeling convicted in here on this resurrection Friday. Sorry, on this, on this uh, Good Friday. Come on now, right? Like, listen, he's still alive. It's not the end. There's going to be a revival. It's going to come after repentance, but there's going to be revival. Can I get an Amen. My God is still good. My God is still big. My God is still strong. My God is still mighty. My God is still in control. (laughs) Politicians can't block the plans of God in my life. The president's authority does not supersede God's authority. and. God said that all things work together for the benefit of those who love the Lord. So stop letting the devil distract you, distress you, depress you with what's going on in our country. Come on, we are going to win. Light overcomes darkness, good overcomes evil. Come on now, we're going to be all right. Good will win. Yes, there's evil. Yes, we need to speak up. No, we should not ever wash our hands of it like Pilate and just be like, oh, whatever happens, happens. No, 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 no. Yes, we ought to be involved in our politics. Yes, we ought to vote godly values. Yes, we ought to care about what's going on. But, but God is the ultimate authority. And if, and if people vote for evil things and if, and if evil people conspire against God and his church, God will use that too. Why do I say all that? To say this, why so down? Why so sad? You on the winning team. Come on now. If you're like, oh yeah, sure we are. Then you ain't read your Bible. You're on the winning team. I'm not saying you can't be like, that is stupid. Go for it. But smile as you say it. That is stupid. Because you're going to win. All right? Someone say amen. Amen. What's my point? My point is, if the day we killed the Son of God can become Good Friday, then I assure you tomorrow can be a good Saturday. If, If the day we killed God became Good Friday, then I assure you next week can be a good week. If the day... The, we kill God can become Good Friday. The next year can be a good year. But listen to me. No matter how bad 2023 has been so far, no matter what sickness or death you've seen, no matter what pain you've been through, no matter whether you've been deserted, depressed, or distressed, no matter what's happened so far this year, if that day can become Good Friday, God can redeem this year for you. This can be a good year. Because Jesus Christ, in total humility, allowed us to kill him. He died on a cross paying the price. For our sins. What's fascinating is that actually, remember with Joseph's brothers, that their sin paved the way for their victory? Yeah. Now again, don't go out there and be like, you know what, I'm just going to go do these drugs because God's going to bless it. Mm, no, that's bad. In fact, I don't even know if that person is repentant. And without repentance, you too will die, is what scripture says. So let's not do that, okay? What I am saying is, when we sin and we repent, which from our sermon two weeks ago, repent, turning away from our sin, then God will redeem the past to do something good in the future. All things work together. The, things that have come, the bad that's come through us and the bad that's been done to us, both will be redeemed for the benefit of those who love the Lord. And those who love the Lord obey his commands. Amen. What was I going to say? So Joseph's own brothers, right? It ended up blessing them. What I find fascinating is that when mankind, the act of mankind killing God was also what paid the price for their sin of killing God. That's the grace of God. All things. Someone say, All things. Come on. Someone say, All things. All All things will work together for the benefit of those who love the Lord. What the crowd means for harm, God will use for good. What the devil meant for harm, God will use for good. What your treacherous friends meant for harm, God will use for good. What the devil meant for harm, God will use for good. Amen. Would you all stand up with me? I'm going to close this service. I've got another page again, but I'm out of time. And I promise to have this service done in 65 minutes total. So, some of y'all who come to church regularly have just discovered, well, miracles happen. <laughs> this guy just skipped a couple of pages of notes to land the plane. Because we can land it right now. All things. So I don't know what's going on in your life, Sarah. I don't know what's going on in your life. But old All things. All things. He still sees you. He still loves you. He still got you. All things. If you're alone, he's with you. If you're hurt, he's healer. If you're broken, he's the restorer. If you feel betrayed, what they meant for harm, God will use for good. If you're distressed about what's going on in the world, I'm here to remind you what the world means for harm, God will use for good. And ultimately, Good Friday sucked, and God made it good. Literally the worst day ever, God made it good. So just think what he could do if you'd submit your life to him. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. But first, I want to pray for those who are away from God. So if you're away from God, listen to what I just said. Good Friday, if that day can become Good Friday, imagine what you could do with your life. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Eternity Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.